Here to discuss all things NRL, AFL, and anything sports related. Please give a warm Aussie g'day to the footy fanatic and America's own Corey Jackson in Outside the Sheds. Greetings, salutations, Happy New Year, and welcome to the first episode of 2021 of Outside the Sheds. I am your host, hopefully in a matter of 20 to 30 minutes, your Shed Adamus again, Corey Jackson, and welcome. I hope all of you have come down, I hope all of you have recovered from your favorite libation, beverage, some of your feet are feeling better after probably the tango you might have done with your wife in your living room since you definitely weren't out on a ballroom floor. If you were responsible. And, well, I don't know. I don't know what you were doing. You know we usually record this show on Wednesday night, my time, to get into your hands by Thursday early. Because I know you're waiting. Hot off the presses, shedheads. You need to hear your voice of reason. Your Pied Piper of greatness. But I don't know what was going on in your country. I know there might have been a few things going on in my country yesterday. Boy, that's something I really wanted to hear and to have to discuss. You know, everyone's saying, yay, 2021. Well, I guess you can say 2021 went off with a bang yesterday in a lot of different ways um, up in the great state district. Let's just call it the district. I am a... Maryland kid, or at least that's where I came in to this great world of existence. Um, so that really strikes close to home for me, the results and the things that happened yesterday. And I know we're not going to get too, too heavy here on outside of the sheds because we come together as a family, as a group, as a unit to talk about the things that we love about. But it is also my job to speak from my heart and to let you guys know, to an extent, my feelings and what I think as well. Because if you just want to listen to me about picking the games that are going to pay for your mortgage, well, I, I guess welcome. But there's a lot more that goes into this that makes me the man that I am. And for me to want to take this platform of speaking to you about the things that I love, the sports that I respect more than anything, and just the game itself, because you know no matter how much I love rugby league and Australian rules football, I love gridiron, as you say over there, some gridiron, which is my football. I love NHL. Some guy once said, I'm a pimp for the puck. I'm a pimp for the puck. I love some NHL. Probably my first professional sports team that I loved love to this day, and can't get enough of, is an NHL hockey team. Love the game. Grew up playing soccer as my first game, so I love myself some EPL. I loved EPL when people didn't have swim caps on and dove every two seconds when they got touched. Because last time I checked, don't soccer players have some of the strongest legs in the world? But how can you barely touch them and they fall over like they've been hit by a sniper rifle from a thousand yards? Don't understand it. And since that started becoming commonplace in the game, the game has kind of fallen out of a little bit of luster with me. But we'll be talking about some some soccer a little bit later on outside the bubble. But back to what I started this conversation about today, and that was some of the things that happened in our country um, yesterday with people storming one of the most prestigious buildings. The building that as Americans that we can go to if you want to speak to one of your leaders to voice your anger or or an issue that you really feel passionate about you can get to your constituents and and talk to them and, and, and express your worries and your concerns this is not a building that got assaulted by domestic terrorism yesterday that is supposed to be closed off. It's not supposed to. It is supposed to be a, a, a building that we can all come to. For one, to see about our history, to see about 
where our country started, how it started, and how law and issue gets passed and moved. And that was all called into question yesterday. It was called into question because, to me, no different than your try line on a, on a, on a rugby league field or your end zone on a football field, you have to defend and hold the line, right? Aren't we all told that? Defend and hold the line. Well, I've seen some junior varsity clubs that would have defended and held the line better than what I saw yesterday defending a building that I said means this much to our country. And I don't understand how that can happen. I don't understand how, quote unquote, we can see things possibly brewing. Because truthfully, folks, I don't care if you're a Republican or Democrat, you could have felt things probably boiling over since a person that called themselves a leader said they're good people on both sides. It has been bubbling up and, and, and brewing to kicking off since then. And I'm not a person that sits up here and spouts race. We all know there's racism in this world. I'm not a person that sits out there and talks bad about any race of people or religion of people. Because we're all people. Did you hear what I just said? We're all people. So I'm not that guy that leads that way. I was not raised that way and I won't do that. If I hate you or dislike you, it's because of the person you are. Not because of who you pray to and who or who you look at. To me, it's that easy. It's that easy. And I don't understand how people can actually look at a book which is the Bible in some people, in, in some people's eyes, the Quran in other people's eyes. I don't see how you can look at that, those books of higher learning, of religion, of faith, and get out of them hate, and get out of them that some people are inferior. I don't get that. I never will get that because that is not my religion and I don't talk about religion and faith. I'll, I have no problem talking about faith. But I don't talk about religion because religion, one of the things that I've learned, has caused more wars in this world than anything else. Religion. And that's because as, as human beings, we all decipher things different. We all read things differently. But to me, I don't understand how you can do that is if your faith or religion makes you a better person and to look out for others, like I thought that that's why we had religion, how can you have hate in your heart? And yesterday we saw straight up blatant hate. And we saw hate start from the highest power and be passed down and lies upon 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 lies led us to what we saw yesterday. And I'm going to tell you something. Every team that I've been a part of, I have been a captain since I was five years old. And that's always meant something to me because I knew that people were looking at me as maybe their leader, maybe the way I conduct myself, maybe the way that I play, because I've never always been the best athlete on my team, but I'm gonna work harder than you, and I'm gonna give it everything that I've got. I'm gonna lead by example, and if I've got a light into your ass, I will if I have to. But I can do it because you, can, you will never be able to look at me and say that I'm not working hard when I'm out there, or that I don't care when I'm out there. And that's to me what leadership is. And I hold it very, very, I hold it in a very, very strong place. And that's how we're going to start our 40s, 20 here very shortly. But leadership is everything. It should mean more to you than anything. And some people, I'm going to be honest, do not need to lead. They don't need to be leaders. They can be great people and they can take care of their families, and, and, but they don't need to lead large groups of people. And we've seen this. We've seen this for a very, very long time. And we got to see it again yesterday. And it was very, very sad. It, as an American, it struck me at my core. It struck me at my core because I know if a different group of people would have done what this group of people did, there would have been totally different ramifications. And that saddens me because we're supposedly one group. We're supposed to be one America. We're supposed to be, you know, USA. 
and that that term was just chanted yesterday like they were doing the great work of America? It's sad. And that's why I will say this. I have not had that pride of that chant of USA, 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 probably since 1980 when we beat the Russians in hockey and won the gold medal against Finland. A lot of people of you forget, shedheads, you forget, we did not win the gold medal by beating Russia. We won it by beating Finland. Mike Ruzioni, Mark Johnson. Those guys taught me about patriotism and my father who served and my grandfather who served. But if you had a family member that ever served for this country and fought for free speech and and I have no problem with protesting but we saw protesting this summer where some people did not get the same how should I say hand holding and protection that domestic terrorists got yesterday let that settle let that sink in and I know that I have shed heads that are around this world that listen to this And if I just come on here and and don't say anything about what happened yesterday in my country and and for people around the world to see, that's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. That's something we will never be able to get back. Because if what happened yesterday would have been done by somebody from a foreign country of Muslim descent or from done by a quote-unquote enemy of our country, this country would be in upheaval right now. But unfortunately, it's it's quiet in some areas. Unfortunately, some people still don't want to look in the mirror. And until people can all look in the mirror, and I know it will never be all shedheads, I know that. But until a majority of us can look in the mirror and say, this is wrong and this is not acceptable, and hold people accountable for what they did yesterday. The FBI is saying, if you can help us find any of these people, make sure you let us know. Well, half these people's names are out. There's already a company that has already fired a coworker who was stupid enough to do his raid yesterday wearing his work badge. We're not saying that these people were smart that stormed yesterday. They just had large group. But wearing your work badge, boy, I'm telling you, you are a genius, my friend. You are a genius. But that being said, it was a sad day. It's a day this country will take a very long time to recover from. It's a day that hopefully these last 13 days of non-leadership goes by quickly. And that we come out on the other side understanding and knowing that we've got a lot to fix. Because we've got to come together. We ask everyone from the world to come together. Let's have a big joint summit meeting and let's go talk about a nuclear arms act, blah, blah, blah. But if we can't come together as a country, how dare us try to say we need to come together as the world? And I'm going to leave you at that. We're not going to talk anymore about it. You've got plenty of news stations you can watch to take this in. Make sure you watch the right ones so you can hear truth. But that being said, That's enough what I'm going to talk about. But I will say this. If you're a person of faith, if you're a person that believes in a higher power, pray for leadership, pray for calm, and pray for results that justice is served. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. But I'm going to tell you something right now, Shedheads. That isn't 4020. That was your Shed Adamus just speaking, just rapping with you right there, shooting from the cuff. But I'm ready to get into some 40-20. And unfortunately or fortunately, I'm staying on topic. Meaning, my first story I kind of talked about last week. And what your Shedadama said came to fruition. Mitchell Pierce stepped down as the captain of the Newcastle Knights yesterday. And I told you this was a tough story for him because I think Mitchell Pierce is a, a really, really good player. I think that he has fallen on hard times, some of it his own self-doing, and some of it he just could not win those big matches when it comes to origin for New South Wales. But Mitchell Pierce also has a history of doing some pretty stupid things. And him sending a 
you know, text messages to a woman already in a relationship when he was days away from being married is not what I would consider a smart thing to do. But I will also say that I've never thought of Mitchell Pierce as not being a person that doesn't hold being a captain very important to him. And that is that he wants to be considered a good leader. He always plays hard for his team. He's usually always honest. He will always say when he doesn't think he or his teammates have played up to their potential. And he, it was tough to watch him at that, that statement read yesterday. And when he looked up and the tears in his eyes, he, you saw what it meant to him. But I'm going to tell you something. There is usually always two sides of a story and light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm going to say something and I'm going to go out on a limb right now. And I'm going to make something, mark it down, January 7th, my time, 2021. Your Shed Adamas, Corey Jackson, is coming out and saying Mitchell Pierce is going to have one of his best seasons of his career this year. You're going to see him lift his level, and you're going to see him play, I think, with a freedom and abandon that we probably haven't seen him play at, I'd say, probably since some of his marquee days in the mid-2010s with the Roosters, with the Chucks. And I just feel that I think Mitchell Pierce is going to go off like a cannon this year. And this could be a blessing in disguise when we look down the track later on in this season about what this day and this moment in Knight's history, what comes out of it. And I hope for the best for him, his fiance, for the other party that's involved and, and, and her partner. I just want the best to come out of it. But I do think we're going to see a hungry and driven Mitchell Pierce as a rugby league player this year for the Newcastle Knights. And let's hope we see that. Because when he's playing well, he's one of the best. My next story is, again, Belmore continues to reload, rebuild, and look more and more dangerous on paper. Because story breaks that Corey Allen, who had his breakout this season for the Rabbitohs and actually played for the Maroons in origin after A.J. Brimson went down is looking like he's about ready to sign a three-year deal to move from the Bunnies to the Dogs starting this year. And I'm going to tell you something. Corey Allen... Is, could be a huge piece coming across the Canterbury. I think he's young. I don't think we've even even scratched the surface how good of a fullback that he will be. And I and let's be honest. The coaching staff for Canterbury, if they don't get results for this team they're putting together, we know you're not a good coach. Because with the Fox coming in next season. With your halves pairings look like that's been shored up right now. The players that you've got coming there to Canterbury, we're talking this could be a rebirth for this side that has fallen in some hard times, but has a very prideful fan base. And I think the NRL is a better league when Canterbury is playing well. Just like a lot of people will say when Brisbane's playing well, uh, the league looks better and feels better. I feel the same thing about Canterbury. They have a passionate a passionate fan base. And when they're playing well, it just feels different. The league does. So that is going to be interesting to watch, to see what happens. If And it, you know, it sounds like Wayne Bennett is all about this, about letting him move. Um, the Rabbitohs have said that he could go out and, and see what type of a deal he could find. And it looks like he's found it. So we could be seeing... Corey in the royal blue and white in the very near future. Besides, he's got a great name too, by the way, I think. But that's something totally different. We're going to move on. I will tell you this. People who know me, I am a homer. I love one of my favorite times of the year. And, it, and it's cool because it doesn't always fall on March 24th or December 25th or... October 31st, 
I love it when the new jerseys for clubs are displayed. When they break them out. When you see what the new kits are going to be for this season. It's, it, just, it just brings me such a buzz. Such a buzz. I love, I love jerseys. I love the idea that goes behind constructing jerseys. What it means. Because all of those jerseys mean something to somebody. And it means something to somebody who designs those jerseys. That's why I love the indigenous jerseys. I love the Anzac, excuse me, Anzac Day jerseys. I love when jerseys have meaning. I love the Kokoda jerseys that the Sharkies wear. It means a lot, and I love it. Love it. Did I say that? Love it. But I was very shocked and thrown off when I heard ISC Sportswear was going to stop making jerseys and guernseys for professional clubs and we're going back to the grassroots movement because when I got into the love of the game almost every club in the NRL besides Cronulla I think St. George Illawarra Dragons and Gold Coast Titans I think those are the only three clubs that did not have their jerseys made in the NRL by ISC And I can't tell you for sure how many of them. I know for sure Richmond was not made by ISC um, in the AFL. But besides that, ISC had the monopoly on them. I'm saying ISC was going as far across as making a lot of the jerseys for Super League as well. But they have taken a step back. And again, here is another result of COVID affecting businesses. Because they did admit that some of this was due to COVID-19. So it's really been different seeing all of the companies. I'm saying Steeden, the ball manufacturer, is making the West Tigers jerseys for this season. And I know Dynasty, and I love Dynasty. Dynasty, to me, is the new kid on the block who is making an exceptional, exceptional, exceptional jersey. But Dynasty now has the Cowboys coming across this year. They've already got Cronulla, who's been one of their first. Gold Coast. Manly. But Dynasty's involved. I, I, I just saw the Macron is actually now making Port Adelaide's Guernseys and, 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 and training uniforms this year. And I know that there's a lot of teams that are scrambling. And I know that ISC is having to make amends with a lot of these teams because they have contracts with them to make their gear. But it really shocked me to see ISC. You know, we've already seen BLK go down a few years ago, and it's good to see BLK is now starting to show their head again. They made the Toronto Wolfpack jerseys, unfortunately, uh, for Toronto because they didn't get to wear them for long. But they made their jerseys um, for the 2020 season and got four games to show them. But that's something else. But, you know, it's really, really strange. It's a, you know, it shows you the sliding landscape and how things can change, how a, how a company was just a monopoly, and now they aren't even in the game. Not even in the game. So if you're a fan like myself of jerseys and Guernseys um, and, and what clubs are going to do going forward with them, uh, definitely take a look because you might be surprised if you look at your favorite club to see that you got a totally different uh, uniform sponsor. So, that's me going off of my nerdism right there of one of the things that I love, um, the jerseys and guernseys of, of teams. And my last story in the 4020 is another one we've been following these last few weeks, and that's Gareth Whittup and his attempt to get back in the NRL. I personally would have never left the NRL, but Gareth Whittup had a calling to go back home, and I don't think any of us were expecting him to trying to get back on the Freedom Bird back down under. But Gareth Whittup tried to make that attempt. He signed a big deal with Warrington and had a pretty good season. But it comes out late in the season that he is wanting to go back. He's got family in Australia. He wants to get back there. And it shocks me to say this, but no team picked up Gareth Whittup. And Gareth Whittup dropped his asking price down to 300000 
a season. And I don't know. This this might have a lot to do again with the the the, the monster in the room, and that is COVID. I don't know if a lot of teams did not have Gareth Widdup projected into what they could have. But I'm going to tell you something. I will still say this. The West Tigers missed a huge opportunity. They missed a huge opportunity. I would have not thought twice about trying to pair him up with Luke Brooks in the halves. I I, I, I cannot believe, truthfully, that, that I'm talking about this weeks later after I mentioned this, that he did not get picked up by the Tigers. And I know... Madge McGuire and that that leadership group thinks they're going in the right direction. But one thing that you'll learn if you pay attention to American football, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have anything. You have nothing. I don't give a damn how great you say your defense is. you got to score points. And you show me one team that's in the playoffs right now that doesn't have a good quarterback, I'm going to say you're lying. If you, if you show me the last five rugby league teams that have won the championship in the NRL and you try to tell me they don't have a great halves combination and pairing, you're crazy. So we're talking about a, a West Tigers club right now that has Luke Brooks and I don't know who the hell is their 5'8". Once again, I will tell you, we will say that it should be Benji Marshall, but again, I'm not even getting into that right now. But they have had a chance to get a player of the pedigree of Gareth Widdop and signing him for that type of money, and they didn't jump on it. It, it. it is baffling. It might be the reason that they should probably have the number nine tattooed on their shoulder because you only the top eight are allowed into the playoffs, and the Tigers have not been there since 2011. So, But Gareth Widdop is going back. He's already landed. He's already in quarantine and getting ready to start training with the with the uh, Wolves again. And it's sad because I know that he really wanted to be back in Australia and he's going to have to be without his family to some, some degree and try to play and stay focused during this year. And we don't know what's going to happen because Boris just got done putting the UK back in lockdown. And Rugby League is not considered the EPL. And the EPL is the only sporting event that is able to train and to play right now in the country. And right now they are shut down until at least the middle of February. So who knows what that means for what the start date is for the Super League now, which was so exciting because they were supposed to start on March 11th, the same as time as the NRL. And now again, welcome to 2021. It's so different. Yeah. Yes, exactly. We have no idea again. But at least my my listeners, my shedheads over in the UK, you have a leader that actually stands up for his country and tries to do what's right and best for the country. So be, be glad about that. Be glad about that because some of us don't have that benefit. So that is our 4020s for this week. And I know it's nobody's doing anything stupid overseas. You know, I, I guess we could talk about a few marriages that might be on the rocks for some clubs, but I try not to talk about that. I know we talked about Mitchell Pierce, but that was going to be because I knew it was going to involve some captaincy issues and maybe a broken shed, a broken locker room. But, you know, we're not going to go into right now some of the, the rumblings that are going down with Richmond and Collingwood with, with again, some some marriage issues and, and problems there. And... Who knows? Maybe we are going to have to address them more later on. But that's not where I'm going to first off. But let's go to outside the bubble, Shedheads. Let's talk about what I promised you last week. Your Shed Adamas said, I will be back with my magic cap on. And right now on my desk, I've got my sidekick, my 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 plush rugby ball staring at me. He's staring at me right now. Why are you staring at me? Anyway, um, so we are focused on giving you some exciting picks for this weekend's NFL schedule in our Outside the Bubble. Now, let's talk about this for a second. This might be, and I'm going to say this right now, I'm going to go on record right now. Push record. This might be the most exciting weekend I have ever experienced in the NFL. 
Because we do not have two first-round buys in each conference this year. We only have one. That means everyone else has to play unless you won the number one seed to get into the playoffs. And that it would be the Chiefs, and that would be the Green Bay Packers in the NFC. Chiefs, AFC, Packers, NFC. Everyone else plays. Everyone else throws down. Everyone else gives each other the hands starting on Saturday. Which means if you do the numbers, figure it out, 1 plus 1 equals 2, 5 plus 5 equals 11. That was a joke. But that means we get two days. Let me say that again. We get two days in a row of, of, of triple headers. That's right. That's right. I know. I know. Stop it. You don't have to pat me on the back. Stay. Keep your eight feet apart from me. Put your mask on. We get three, two days of triple headers starting on Saturday. That means I'm going to have to get all my work done by tomorrow by 10, p- 10 p.m. Because I've got to be rested up for this weekend. i got to go to bed early. But we've got two straight days of triple headers. I, I don't even know what to say. That almost makes me as excited as the journey, the, the Guernseys and Jersey talk we had earlier today. But let's get into this. Let's get into this. Let's get in the mix, everybody. Shake it out. Let's shake it out. All right, here we go. So we start off this weekend's coverage of games with Indy at Buffalo. The Buffalo Bills team that everybody seems to want to anoint as the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. They want to say that Josh Allen deserves the, the, you know, the MVP of the league, which he's not going to get because he cannot jump over Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. But that being said, Josh Allen has had a good year. He's had a really, almost a great year. But you can't tell me a player's had a great year until they've done something in the playoffs. You can't. You just can't do it. So we've got Philip Ridland Rivers bringing his Indianapolis Colts into Buffalo. A Buffalo that, again, here comes the sliding scale of America that is going to allow 6,000 fans into the crowd. Even though I think our infection rate is higher than ever before. But that's something totally else. But there are going to be some Buffalo Bills fans in the crowd. But here we go. Here's our first pick. Drums, please. The first pick by your Shed Adamas is not your Buffalo Bills. I'm sorry, Mafia. Not yet again. That red-ass Philip Rivers who does not cuss and his 32 children and his minivan driving rear end are going to drive that minivan into Buffalo and upset the Bills. We're going to have turmoil right out of the right out of the sheds they're gonna go into game two saying oh my gosh oh my gosh and that's right indianapolis colts are going to beat the buffalo bills to start out our triple header back-to-back day extravaganza pop up top drink your beer pour two fingers of your favorite multi beverage it's happening colts win write this down colts win game one Game two, call, call, the call of the Seahawk. That's right. Game two is your L.A. Rams and Jared Goff's broken thumb going up to Seattle to the land of the 12. And the call of the Seattle Seahawks. No, that is not a bird that's losing feathers, shedheads. That was the call of the Seahawk. I'm calling to you, 12. I'm calling to you because 12, you will beat the Los Angeles Lambs, I mean Rams, and the Seahawks march on. Even though the 12 will not be there, the 12 will be felt, your Seattle Seahawks win the second game and hold serve at home. That brings us to the last game of the night. That brings us to the quarterback that loves avocado ice cream. Oh, my God. I just, okay, that just dry heat a little bit. I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me get myself back together. Okay. That's right. Tampa Brady. Tampa, Tampa Brady. Tampa Brady. Yes. The Tampa Brady Buccaneers. The Tampa Brady Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady and Gronk are going and up 
to face the Washington football team. You see, I slowed down there because I did not want to say the Washington, the name that we're not saying anymore. The name that I'm so happy as a country, we want to address the violation to our Native American people, our first people, by saying, you know, we're going to make everything better. We're just going to get rid of that name for that Washington club. But we won't have to talk about anything else. We just think about you so much, we're going to get rid of that football club's name. Everything's better, right? Hope your casinos are doing well. Okay, anyway. But, that being said, I am going with... I don't know if even if Alex Smith and his, and, his, and his bionic leg are even going to be playing, but I'm taking Chase and the Redskins to send Tom Brady home to Giselle Bunchen and his avocado ice cream in a one-and-done situation. No risk it, no biscuits going home, folks. Bruce Arians and Tampa Bay lose in the nation's capital. Washington tries to bring a little bit of respect back to the district. And the Washington Football Club upsets the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and sends those pirates back to Tampa. And that's our first day. That is Saturday. By Saturday, you're blowing a 3.0 into a a breathalyzer because you just couldn't get enough that first day. And now you're going to have to ask your wife to give you an IV to get those electrolytes and that that stuff flowing again so you're ready for game two. You got to recharge, rehydrate. Let's go. Because you're going to get about six hours of sleep. And it's not going to feel like six hours of sleep because you're hungover. But guess what we're going to do? We're going to step our game up. Because we start the Sunday extravaganza. That's right. You're going to have to get up. Wait a second. You're only going to get four hours of sleep because you can't go to church. You've got to watch it on the internet. And you got to say, Lord, please help my head feel better because i got to get ready for these next games. And that's what's going to happen. You're going to rally. Not boot, hopefully not boot and rally, but you're going to rally. And if you, know what boot, if you don't know what boot and rally means, look it up. But you're going to rally. You're going to put your headband on. You're going to get your your Powerade, and get ready for these second games because it started us off on Sunday. We've got a hate fest, folks. We've got a hate fest. And let's go back a few weeks when the Tennessee Titans danced on the insignia, the logo at the 50-yard line of the Baltimore Ravens. And only Coach Harbaugh went out there to face the entire Tennessee Titans club saying, get off my logo. Well, guess what? The Ravens get to go to Nashville. The Ravens can now break into a little Barishnikov at the 50. They can do a little White Knights dancing on the logo of the Tennessee Titans. That's right. The Derrick Henry Express is going to get it. It's going to stop at a few different stations. That is a runaway train, folks. And why wouldn't he run that well? That bun is so tight. On Derrick Henry's head, the kid walks around aerodynamic daily. I don't know how he gets that 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 hair so tight on his head. There's F-16 fighters that aren't that tight, that fly in formation. But that being said, Lamar Jackson and those dirty birds of Baltimore are coming. And that's my pick. The Baltimore Ravens go down to Tennessee and get a little payback. Payback. Purple Rain is coming to Nashville. And that means that the district, Washington, will have two teams win to try to start the healing up in our nation's capital. No dissension there. Let's go in there and get a little payback in Nashville. So game one is in the books. Your Baltimore Ravens, Purple Rain, march on. And that takes us to Chicago and New Orleans. The battle in the big sleazy. The Chicago Bears, who have no idea how they're in the playoffs. The Chicago Bears, 
who I don't know if they've watched a Michael Jackson video, but they moonwalked into the playoffs because they got punched in the mouth by Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, but still find themselves with Mitchell Trubisky as their quarterback. Don't forget, Mitchell Trubisky was still drafted ahead of Deshaun Watson. You still try to explain that one to me. Anyway. Drew Brees. His swan song. His new ride. His last ride. And the New Orleans Saints are going to straight up annihilate the Chicago Bears on Saturday, excuse me, on Sunday afternoon. There will not be paper bags put on people's heads calling them the Aints after Sunday afternoon because the New Orleans Saints, NOLA, get ready to throw some beads because you will be marching on. You will be marching on. There you go. Little jazz just for you right there. The Saints. The Saints. Move on. And that leaves us with the last game. That's right. By this point, you can't even see straight. Game number six. You feel like you've been in 15 rounds with the champ. Muhammad Ali. Mike Tyson's taking off the top of your ear. Do you have it in you? Get off the ropes. Get off the ropes, shedheads. Finish strong. And here we are. The Cleveland Browns. The same Cleveland Browns right now that's facility is shut down because of COVID. The same Cleveland Browns whose coach will not be there to coach on Sunday. Oh, yeah. They get to go to Pittsburgh. And you know who hates Cleveland? Pittsburgh. They hate Cleveland. They hate Cleveland so much so that they almost beat you or they almost get beaten by Cleveland's helmets. That's how much they hate you and how much Cleveland hates you. There's hate. So it's a bookend, folks. We got the hate of Indian Buffalo. The hate of Baltimore and Tennessee. And we finish with straight up Three Rivers hate of Pittsburgh and the land. Well, folks. Shedheads. My people. My congregation. There's no way on God's green earth that the Cleveland... Browns, with their masks on or without their masks on, are going into three rivers and beating the Pittsburgh Steelers without fans again. Pittsburgh is still holding serve, saying we're not catering. There's a virus out there. Pittsburgh holds serve and moves on. And and the Cinderella story of the Cleveland Browns ends this season. Even though they did a great job this year, Even though for some reason that team could find COVID, no matter if COVID wasn't even looking for them, the Cleveland Browns season ends on Sunday night in prime time. So Pittsburgh moves on. So let's go over our winners again. On Saturday, our winners are Indy, Seattle, and Washington. And on Sunday, our winners are Baltimore, NOLA, okay, New Orleans, and Pittsburgh. Write them down. Get back to me. I want to see what your winnings are. I want to see if you put a new rock on that lovely woman's finger. And I want my 33.3%. I'm joking. You guys keep all the winnings for yourselves. Keep all the winnings for yourself. But that is my football breakdown. Our week one of the playoffs breakdown. And I'm excited. Oh, I, I, I can't even tell you how excited I am about this weekend. I'm so excited that that special woman in my life might not love me as much after she sees me seeing double on Sunday night, but don't think I don't love her. Don't think that once. She's special. So we move on to our next story, and I just got in talking about love, did I not? That's right, you just heard it. Your shed Adamus is full of love. Your host, Corey Jackson, loves, 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 loves. That special woman in his life. And I'm going to do that segue to talk about a breaking of love because P.K. Subban and Lindsey Vaughn have separated, have broken up. And it's sad because I thought they were a cute couple. They were fun. They used to cannonball each other in hot tubs and in pools. They seemed like they had a little bit of a a swagger together. 
They were a fun couple, good-looking couple. I like good-looking couples. They're a good-looking couple. But, again, COVID does what COVID does. And it ends things at times. And we've had an ending of, I think, an incredible relationship. Now, who knows? Maybe this, 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 this couple, these two dynamic individuals get a little time apart and say, damn it, I really miss him and I really miss her and they get back together. And we can hope that. If you like happy endings and happy stories, we can hope for that. And I do hope for that. Because like, like I said, I think they're a good couple. I think they bring out the best of each other. But let's look on the other side of the equation. What do I tell you always? I tell you always that I try to look for that little bit of light. Being an old quarterback, I think I can get the ball anywhere I need to. So let's look at the bright side here. New Jersey Devils fans, get ready for an incredible P.K. Subban season. That's right, I'm calling it right now. Just like I said, Mitchell Pierce will, will ball this weekend, or excuse me, this coming season for the Newcastle Knights. P.K. Subban is going to play like a house on fire. He doesn't have those long legs of Lindsey Vaughn to stare at anymore. He doesn't have to worry about helping spot Lindsay on her squats. He doesn't have to worry about that. P.K. Subban can get dirty again. P.K. Subban can start remembering who P.K. Subban is. And that is a dynamic NHL defenseman with flair, swagger, and a little bit of an edge. And now he doesn't have to share that time with anybody else but a high elbow in the corner to anybody opposing him. And he can put that slap shot back on net. And he can be the player that the New Jersey Devils need and want on the ice. Be prepared, NHL East. Be prepared for the rebirth of PK. The rebirth of the Subinator. It's coming. PK Subban is a single man looking for the destruction of the NHL Eastern Conference. So PK, I'm sorry that right now you cannot stare at those long legs of Lindsey Vaughn. But damn it, man, take back what is yours and bring New Jersey back to greatness. Make New Jersey great again, PK. Make New Jersey great again. And finally, I told you earlier we, that, that your Shedadamas played soccer, his first sport that he played, football to some of you, football. But I want to go with a really breaking story and, and a player that I, I have always said I enjoyed watching, a player I thought didn't get the respect he deserved, or a player now who has his team tied for first place in the EPL, Marcus Rashford of Manchester United. It has come out now is considered the most expensive player in the world, valued at, let me breathe before I say this, $192 million. Let's say that one more time. $192 million. Wow. I don't know what you'd buy for just a quarter of that, but I might buy myself something pretty damn nice. But I think that shows you. Because what's, in, what's involved in this equation is his youth, his age, his worth, and what he means to the club that he's worth, with. And, and Marcus Rashford, if you're, a United, if you're a United fan, he grew up wanting to be a Manchester United player. It's always been his dream. And he says, even to this date, he could not imagine pulling on any other jersey over his head. And that's got to mean the world to United fans. And that's got to mean the world to that organization. That you've got a young man that is still coming into his prime. Let me say that again. He's still coming into his prime. And he's doubling down saying, I'm Red Devil through and through and let's go. And I'm going to tell you, Liverpool, thank you for making the coach for Southampton fall to his knees and cry midweek. You lose scouses but 
I would not be surprised if Manchester United does not win the EPL this year. And Ole brings them back to a little bit of greatness. But one of the reasons that will happen is because of Marcus Rashford. And it's good to see him being respected and given the respect he's deserved for a little while by being considered the most valuable player in the world. And Shedheads, that brings us to a close for this week's edition of Outside the Sheds. I hope you enjoyed how I started this off, talking about us coming together as a country and as a world, understanding what leadership looks like and what the hell leadership definitely doesn't look like. But let's remember something as I finalize this day. We can all become better people. We could all stand for something more than just ourselves. And we can always make the people next to us and that we get involved with better every time we meet them, every time we come across them. So try to put a smile on somebody's face. Try to give a hug out. Ah, Okay, don't try to hug anybody unless there's somebody living inside your house right now. But give them a thumbs up since you'll be wearing your mask. (laughs) But reach out to somebody. Touch somebody's life. And know that things can get better, but they can only get better if we make the strides to make them better. But enough of that being said, I am your Shed Adamas. I am your host for Outside the Sheds, Corey Jackson. I've loved it. I hope you've come over your your New Year's hangover. I will see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Like I tell you always, don't get caught. Have fun. No, I don't ever say that. Live your life. Get out there. And until next time, see ya. And that was another fantastic episode of Outside the Sheds with Corey Jackson, talking all things NRL, AFL, and all things sports. So please remember to smash the subscribe button and share this with your family and friends and show them what Australian sport is all about. 